Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the kind of guy that looks at Chris Evans's physique in this movie and goes, I bet he doesn't eat a lot of bagel bites. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> this week, uh, we're talking about Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Yep, from 2014, directed yeah. by the Russo brothers. It has an 89% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Which, let's see, it's in third place so far in terms of the critic score, and it has a 92% audience score, which is the highest. Neat. There Wait, we go. higher than Iron Man? Yep. Oh, audience score, right. Okay, yeah. Yep. Oh, sounds about right. Do we want to just go ahead and get into it? Yeah. All right. Man, I have a whole lot of it. This movie doesn't, like, present a lot of weirdness for us to kind of, like, grasp onto and, and uh, ramble off of. You mean it's, it's just a good movie? Yeah, it's just a good movie, and so it's like, okay, let's get along. Um, what's so your, what's yeah. your best thing and your worst thing? Uh, I'm going to start with my worst thing, because I think this will set the tone for pretty much the rest of the, the episode here. Like, I don't... I don't know. There's not a whole lot to dislike. There's nothing I would really change about this movie. My only thing is just, I think, and I remember feeling like this even when I came out of the movie. Like, I remember everyone being like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And I, like, I really enjoyed it. I mean, watching it again, I'm like, this is a really good movie. Um, but I kind of feel like it very much shows the fact that it is a middle act movie. It is a stepping stone to larger things that happen later. Um, and I think even watching it then, I was kind of like, okay, that was, that was good, but I, I really want to go ahead and get to the next part now because we're not there yet. And obviously we'll talk about Civil War in a little while here uh, as the sort of next part, and I, I feel like that is a very satisfying conclusion of this story. So we'll talk about that when we get there, but that still doesn't really change the fact that this movie, I feel like in a lot of weird ways, stands on its own and also doesn't in ways that kind of have issues with the continuity of the, the MCU, the cinematic universe. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, we'll we'll get into it, but that's just this feeling of sort of it's hard for me to get really into it. And you have your own thoughts, I know, on on why that is, but we'll talk about that as well. It just it's just kind of hard for me to get super invested into it because I feel like I'm not there yet. I feel like I'm watching part of a story instead of maybe the entire story. Um, my favorite thing about this movie, can I, can I just say everything else? I mean, you've done that for worse things before, I, I, I think. No, um... Right? Probably. I, I mean, you've been like, yeah, this one thing's really good, and then the rest of it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's definitely something I've done. No, um... My best thing is that... So, I mentioned how the first Iron Man movie, when we talked about that, how I feel like the tone of the movie is very, very fitting for the character. Like, I feel like this sort of, this, this, like, snapping a lot of dialogue out in these, what's fairly dark subject matter, and, like, the way the dialogue works, and, like, how smart it is, and how snappy it is, I feel like that very much fits Iron Man's character. In the same way, I feel like this movie is very much in the vein of Captain America's character. It's very thoughtful, the dialogue is very witty, but not in a kind of over-the-top way, it's just, like, there's a lot of... It's, it's not, smart dialogue. It's not in a Joss Whedon way where every character is just yes. constantly quipping. Nor is it even... I mean, and that's distinct, I think, from the Iron Man way, too, yeah. as well, where yeah. it's... It, th these are different feels. You know, we talked about how in the last movie, 
and maybe a little bit in Iron Man 3 as well. The, the Marvel humor was, was getting pretty grating. And, By the and last it, movie, he means Thor the Dark World. Yes. Um, the, For the uninitiated. <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, the, the, it's just not... I don't, the, the humor in those is not nearly as smart or as uh, clever or as uh, well done as the other movies. And this one, I mean, like, people complain about the, the, the Marvel humor... This movie is very serious. I mean, it's it, it deals with actual themes and thoughts, and it's very grounded. And that's why the, that's why the the humor works so perfectly is because it's not in your face. It's very much like we're snapping off these little jokes to keep the the mood light in the face of these really terrible events and this this crazy stuff that's happening. I know this movie's PG thirteen. It's not for children. No, it's a brutal movie. <laughs> In, like, the best way possible. In in an Indiana Jones-type way, where it's just people get murdered, and it's gonna be violent. (laughs) And it's just cut off enough so that it can stay PG-13, but sometimes that almost makes it worse. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, It's good stuff. No, and not to say that the violence is, it's like, glorified or anything like that, but it it serves the story. It's the opposite. I mean, it's, it's the violence is like, oh, this is what this would actually look like. Yeah in this world yeah. so yeah consequences yeah that helps mm-hmm. it's kind of nice <laughs> occasionally so my worst thing okay th- this is the second point that I've noticed in the MCU wh- where this has happened where and I, I pointed this out in Thor the Dark World where mm-hmm. they have an after credit scene that should just be the ending to the movie mm-hmm. whereas where, where in Thor the Dark World it's Thor and just to clarify to for you just you might have missed this you are saying that your worst thing is one of the after credit scenes sure I just want to make well, sure we spe- I want to make sure we put a pin in that and really well, just spe- highlight spe- the fact that you are saying your worst thing about this movie is an after credit yes, scene yes yes but with, with Thor the Dark World it's this the- after credit scene is your <laughs> continue so Thor goes back down to earth and he's he reunites with Jane and then that's relegated to an after credit scene and I don't know why <laughs> And in this one, it's Bucky going to the museum and seeing yep. himself in the Captain America exhibit. Mm-hmm. Why is that not the last scene of the movie? Yep. We've reached the credits. It's over. Go home. <laughs> like, and, and it, it really bothers me because... The, the, really random aside here. Sorry to interrupt you. Is, is Ferris Bueller's after credit scene like the first after credit scene of that kind? It's the first one that I'm aware of. That just occurred to me. Sorry, that was just a strange thought. Continue. It's it's the first one I'm aware of. Huh. I don't know if because because a lot of like, comedies they like to do like bloopers during the credits. Sure. I don't know if that was done prior to that. Yeah. Or not. I don't. I don't know how hmm. how modern a thing that is. Mm-hmm. Um. But yes. Uh. So it, it, we we end the movie on Cap talking to Falcon, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you don't have to join me to go go find Bucky." And he's like, "Yeah, I know. When do we start?" Then it should immediately cut to Bucky seeing himself at the exhibit, and yes. then it goes to credits. Yeah. The after credit scenes to these movies should be teases for the next movie. Mm-hmm. It should just be a, a fun little quick advertisement for the fans to be like, here's what's coming next. Yeah. Not a, a key story point <laughs> that, Character that moment. goes along with this particular narrative. Yeah. Like, the, the bit with Baron Strucker... And with Quicksilver and Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch, okay, fine. That's a perfectly fine after credit scene because that's for Age of Ultron. That is not for Winter Soldier. Yeah. But Which but is... then even 
it's even weirder because you'd think the Bucky one would at least be placed f- before that. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we get the Baron Strucker one at the very end, but no, that's the first one we get. That's the mid credit scene, and then the after credit scene is the one that is still a part of the movie we just watched. I don't understand. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think Marvel has done this too often. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest ones for me that I can think of it, oh, off the top of my head, Thor The Dark World, this, and Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of any others that have done this just off the top of my head. Yeah. I guess maybe Guardians 2, maybe? I was talking about you with this. That almost sort of doesn't count because the yeah. entire credits is something you watch yeah. anyway. So, like, there's not really, like... Plus, the credits for that are, like, super interactive and it's supposed to, like... Yeah, and, and the ending of that movie ends on a good note to end yeah. the movie on and bookend it and then yeah. move on with it. You know, whatever's coming next. So, yeah. I, I don't think that's necessary. Just, it's so strange. I, 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 I really don't know why they did that. Um, but, yeah, as you... As you uh, so blatantly pointed out, my worst thing is th- is is not the after credit scene itself. Mm. It's specifically the placement of the after credit scene. Um, my best thing is going to be the Hydra twist. I remember watching this in the theater and beyond, and just thinking to myself, that is just really cool, and it doesn't completely break the universe in two like you think <laughs> it would. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's not really a whole lot of like. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking about its place in the in the MCU, and it, it there's not really like any blatant continuity errors that come with yeah. that. Um, I know people have argued when uh, Iron Man's hacking into Shield in the first Avengers movie, um, and he discovers what what uh, Nick Fury's been up to. Mm-hmm. People are like, "Oh, well, why didn't he figure out the Hydra stuff?" And you could just argue, well, he's looking at Nick Fury stuff. Nick Fury didn't even know. Yeah, I was going to say, well, considering that Nick Fury had to, like, stage a super, like, complicated operation to try and steal this information yeah. in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. I feel like that's not yeah. relevant. I, I just think that's a really cool twist. And that, that would be something I would expect them to do in, like, another 15 movies when this... Yeah. When, the, when it's gotten steam. When, it, when it's starting to run out of steam, it's like, okay, we need a big twist that's going to shake up the universe. Yeah. No, no, no. They they do it because they got a good story and they want to tell it now. Yeah, and they're already like, hey, uh, we've got S.H.I.E.L.D. here. We don't really need them anymore. We need to do something interesting with them. Let's do this. Yeah. And so they move right along. And of course, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still going on and following the consequences of that and everything. But like, as far as the movies go, it was like, all right, let's just move on with this because we, we, we'll do our kind of S.H.I.E.L.D.-focused movie and then we'll get out of the way and we'll move on because we've got a lot of interesting stories to tell. We don't really need to focus on this right now. Right. I think I should point out... I don't remember if I did this when we reviewed this movie, but I walked out of Amazing Spider-Man 2 going, I was more entertained by that than Captain America the Winter Soldier. I told you not to say this. <laughs> Time has not looked <laughs> fondly upon, upon me. Upon that take. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I can be humble. <laughs> Tyler, what, what, what do we want to get into here? Oh boy. Um. <laughs> How do you feel about Alexander Pierce? Let's so let's let's go ahead and talk about the villains because it's we still have yet to have a villain. And yes, I'm including Loki in this. We have yet to have a villain who is like that is a great, well fleshed, fleshed out, nuanced villain. I think I have realized my my 
problem with Alexander Pierce and mm-hmm. why he's... I don't find him very memorable. Yep. Which is weird because I like the Hydra twist. I like the philosophical arguments. And I think mm-hmm. I may have pointed this out when we reviewed Spectre. I was like, this is... Winter Soldier is is that idea done right yeah. about about a government body trying to seize control by like having control of all sorts of information and <laughs> holding that over people, um, and and just all the conspiracy and paranoia that goes into that. Yeah. Th- this is that done right. Spectre should have taken all the cues from this movie. Yes. <laughs> Instead of none of them. <laughs> wanted somebody in here to look at Cap and go I'm the author of all your pain <laughs> but um where was I going with that I, uh, Pierce something oh right him. right he doesn't have a, a like confrontation really with Captain America yeah, as the antagonist for the story, he doesn't really challenge Captain. Which America. is the thing they have the one scene where they they're talking about Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and it's very clear like where they stand. Mm-hmm. But that's that's all we get. Really, it's it's him versus Nick Fury. Yeah, he's uh, he's almost not a villain. He's almost just sort of a, a figurehead for this the, the twist to give us kind of some insight into that kind of person. But yeah. yeah, no, he's he's not really a primary. I mean, he doesn't get a ton of screen time either. Yeah. Um, I think his scenes when he gets them are usually pretty strong. But like, yeah, there's not there's we don't focus a lot on him and on his motivations. We don't really know what he's up to a whole lot. It's just kind of like, okay, he's coming in and we, and we know that he's up to something now, and which is fine. But that's what I'm saying is that like, I mean, the performance is great, but we just again there's Robert there, Redford. Yeah, there's there's nothing really to like. Uh, there's nothing to latch onto aside from hey I like this performance a lot or yeah. you know that's a cool twist. Uh, we still have yet to get a villain I think out of all of these who has been actually strong, which is really interesting because that's that's a criticism that I, I sort of resisted for a long time. I was like oh no well, what about this guy and this guy and that? but then now we're going through these and I'm like Malekith was included in that in, yes in that, that's that, correct that um, theoretical this guy this guy yeah, right the best villain we've talked about so far. Whiplash um, Aldrich Killian what a Malekith. Hit. There's none of the, there's not a single one of these where I'm like, oh man, that guy. Like <laughs> Loki's fine because it's Tom Hiddleston and it's exciting, and like in Thor: The Dark World, you get some stuff to do, but like, it's really not. I I want to I want there to be a Black Panther poster, and there's a giant arrow pointing at Michael B. Jordan, and there's a quote from you going, "This guy." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like, but when when I mean, this is probably getting a little too far ahead but i just want to mention this real quick real quick when we saw um, oh yes yeah, so we've seen black panther at this point do we yeah. need to state that yeah, yeah. the whole um, world scene seen black every, panther everyone at this was kind of like freaking out like oh my gosh michael b jordan he's the, the best villain you know so far in, in the marvel movies and i'm like I, and i started i thought about that and i was like yeah you know i guess i see that but thinking about it now like yeah easily <laughs> In there's terms, a few in there's terms, a few when we get in up terms there. of the movies I, he's probably the best yeah there are like two contenders <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like I do think they're getting a lot stronger in phase three we're, we'll talk we're, about that as we're we gonna, get there. we're gonna need to really evaluate Age of Ultron on, yes. on that, that yes, basis yes that will be that will be very interesting um cause really like you got the vulture vulture's pretty good oh vulture true that I, I wasn't thinking of him um, yeah 
What about the bald guy from Ant-Man? Him. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy next, right? Or, uh, hey, the bad guy from Casino Royale's in Doctor Strange for some reason. Oh, hey, Him. he built the Death Star. <laughs> no, um, Let me just point out all the movies that Mads Mikkelsen has been in. Yeah. He was in Clash of the Titans. Was he really? <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> no, uh, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is next, right? Yeah. I love Ronan, mostly just because I think Lee Pace is fantastic. And I really enjoy his performance. It's still the same thing. It's still the, yeah. do you like the performance? Yeah. It's going to take until well, maybe I, Age of Ultron, if you want to argue that, probably a lot further before we have... I would argue Zemo was, like, the first who is, like, this is a fully fleshed out yeah. character who has motivations well, that make okay. sense and feels like a person we can sympathize with. Well, at least Alexander Pierce. Let, let's give him some credit. He's not just, like, super cartoony bad guy. Yeah. Like kind of whiplash but I'm thinking more like Red Skull mm -hmm. like I think he's a good counterpoint to Red Skull which makes a lot of sense but just in terms of like uh, just think of the scene where Red Skull's facing all of his troops and they're all holding up their arms and they go hail Hydra and it just looks terrible mm -hmm. versus this where he's just like every scene it's just like he's talking about his philosophy yep and and what his goals are like and the twist the scene with the twist is great where he um you see, it's like, oh crap! He's talking to Winter Soldier. What's happening here? Yeah. Oh no, this is not, this is not good. And then, like, he turns around and shoots his uh, assistant, like his, his uh, maid, I guess. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh snap! This is this is taking a turn. Yeah. Um, like yeah, I no. said, very violent. Yeah, and, and effective because of it. Exactly. Um, it's a it's a great performance. It's 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 really entertaining to watch. It's just, again, not a whole lot to really grab onto and be like, this is this guy's great. That being said, mm -hmm. this this movie works so well because it is so much about Captain America. Yes, um, yes. it's it, it's like what I was saying about Thor: The Dark World, where that had neither an interesting story nor an interesting mm -hmm. place to go with Thor, whereas this has a very interesting, <laughs> story, interesting story and a very interesting yeah. place and to get. It's literally well, just. It, it's funny because because a lot of people go, "Oh, a hero is only as good as their villain." Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's kind of like a trifecta type thing. Especially not in movies, I think. Yeah. I think in... When you're talking about comics and it's more long-term, you got to have compelling yeah. conflicts that go on for a while. You know, that's one thing. But yeah, like in movies, I think it's not nearly as necessary. Yeah. I think that's what Marvel saw, is that they very much care more about getting the characters right above all else and then moving on from there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not even a trifecta thing, because I'm thinking maybe it's just the hero in the story itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um... This movie is something I like. Just thinking about this now, something that that makes me really just appreciate this movie is they the, how I Captain forget, America acts like a hero. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is that I forget what the line is in the Avengers, but the, I know in the Avengers they talk about how like uh, some something about like now maybe we need the Captain America more than ever now, like some, something along those lines. Oh, where, when Coulson goes, I think with all the the stuff that's about to happen, maybe people need a little bit of old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this movie makes me feel that. Yeah, because like when he brings out the old costume, even if it's not you know exactly the same, it's a replica of the old costume. This um, is a weird thing I've latched onto, and I can't remember who said it. Mm -hmm. There was something said about the Russos resisting a lot of continuity in terms of design. Like, they didn't want to exactly replicate certain things. Mm. So the costume from World War II is different. And, like, they didn't exactly bring back the Captain America theme. 
Except like yeah. at the very beginning, lightly, and then the rest of the score is different. Yeah. Very strange. I'm. I. I wish I had done more research into this, and I can't remember if it came I mean, straight from them or if it was somebody else. As a design about choice, them. I could see that being like an oh, we we want this to feel like he's in the mo- like that was very much a period piece. This is yeah. the, this is the now. Yeah. I could see where they're coming from about if that's the the idea there. I don't know, um, but nevertheless, what I was saying about like the old fashioned thing, it's like he comes into this world and then like Nick Fury's telling me he's like hey you know th- this is the way things are, are are now basically like you, you know you gotta deal with this this is the yeah. modern world and then he very much just like takes down this entire organization and is like hey I'm still Captain America yeah. you hacks well that's um, that's the interesting thing about bringing Captain America into the modern age mm-hmm. because it's constantly like you have your your character like they, they can ch- they, they have their opportunity for change and he always resists. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to give in. I'm going mm-hmm. to to stand by my ideals. Yeah. Like a hero. Uh-huh. Hell that to Zod snap neck. What? <laughs> Who said that? I kept saying over and over during this movie, and Tyler will attest to this, I kept saying, I wonder what Zack Snyder thinks of this movie. Yeah. He'll probably call it <laughs> the, <laughs> flavor the, the flavor of the week. Yeah. For the uninitiated, we do uh, bash the DCU a lot, and we apologize. We do like the DC characters. We don't really apologize. We do like the DC characters. We understand, you know, the, we have nothing personal against Zack Snyder. We just are not fans of his movies. You know, just, uh, I'm not fan a fan of some of his movies. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's a very mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I know we do this every week and we don't usually give a warning so I just felt like this time I'd give a word of caution out there that yes we do have a tendency to dislike Warner Brothers recent DC outputs and that's kind of why we're doing this right now because we want to these movies are better yeah um, even the bad ones are better I know we talked about this last week but we're we're about to go on this is the start of quite a run for Marvel I feel like right around this this movie needed to happen right now yeah um because i think it's sort of it's sort of what i was talking about where you get iron man it's, that, the, it's the perfect follow-up to thor the dark world yes uh you you get iron man and that kicks you off and that's amazing it's a great movie it's very solid a lot of people you know probably think that's i'd have to think about it myself but i'm i mean i'm sure a lot of people think it's you know top five superhero movie something like that very very good very very solid um generally generally well loved and then you kind of get this string of eh, um, origin stories that are, are good and they're fine. They get the job done, but there's nothing like super crazy about them. And are they good or are great. they fine? Two very different words. They're good in the sense that they're fine. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and then you get the Avengers and it's like you bring it all together and you're like, the oh, res- snap. The, the response stands. Yeah. You're like, oh crap, mind blown! What the heck? They just did that. That's amazing. You know, they brought it all together, and it works so perfectly. And that third act is amazing. And then you follow it up with Iron Man three and Thor: The Dark World. And I feel like at this point, it would have been very easy for people to start getting real tired of these movies. Yeah. Uh, after the after those two, where it's just like, all right, we have the Avengers. What are you doing now? I guess that was it. Like, I feel like if this if they'd have had one more kind of bleh yeah. attached on the end there. That could have very easily been like, and obviously like not everyone's keeping up with all these movies, so this wouldn't be like a conscious thing people think. But I feel like it would have gone to somewhere where you're like, wait, so so what is the next big thing? Like I guess you did the Avengers, and that's all you're gonna re- ever really accomplish, you know? Now 
we're back to this whatever. And then they followed up with Captain America the Winter Soldier. And... And the MCU was never heard from again. <laughs> and then, of course, we, we hit... The, the, here's where they start rattling off the winds with Guardians of the Galaxy and the Age of Ultron and Ant-Man. Um, and although a lot of people like Ant-Man, I feel like, in general. So, Well, the thing but, about Ant-Man is it is a comedy. Yeah, that's true. And it, it, it's it, effective it, as that. It is, it is unabashedly a comedy, mm-hmm. which... I think just automatically gives it a lot of brownie points yeah. for people in terms of like uh, it's going against the the criticism of the Marvel humor type thing mm-hmm. where it's just like no it's a flat out comedy yeah that's just what yeah. it is yeah I don't know. but yeah we'll and obviously we'll talk about those as we go along it's just interesting I think this movie and we'll talk about Guardians of the Galaxy as well next week very much were the movies that needed to happen when they happened. To, to give this, this cinematic universe a, a kick in the butt, especially if you hadn't had one or two of these wins before you got to the to Age of Ultron, and then that kind of fell flopped over in the critical and not box office-wise, I mean, it still made a ton of money, but like, in general, you know, it was definitely a, a bit of a step down, and people weren't quite as into it uh, in the public consciousness. I feel like that could have gone poorly, but because of the fact that you knocked these two out back-to-back, I think that gave you enough life and then we get to phase three where they're really starting to just like okay now we now we know what we're doing um phase two is interesting phase two very much feels like growing pains or phase one like just from what we've we've seen of it so far phase one was very much like we're just gonna do very simple straightforward things that we need to do to get the job done and move on with this this franchise and then like phase two has been a lot more uh we don't actually maybe know exactly what we're doing right now uh yeah. Not not to the sense that I think they didn't have a plan, but just the sense that I think getting the creative resources they needed to really make these movies good, they they maybe were having some struggles with that, and then kind of put it together, and then kind of didn't put it together, and then I think learned probably quite a few lessons. Uh, of course, they they lose um the guy who got kicked out of. Uh, looking over the Marvel Studios at Disney, um, I promoter. Yes, him. Okay. Because like where he got. I was, I was like, we're talking about who? Who are we talking about here? We're talking about John Favreau. Yes. Terrence Howard. Yes. Edward Norton. <laughs> Terrence Howard, the guy who watched over Marvel <laughs> Studios, and um, but yeah, no, it, it, I it, obviously he leaves next kind of time, baby. Next in, time. In in phase two, kind of as a response to the Age of Ultron. Uh, maybe not making as much money as Disney wanted it to make, and yeah, it's it's. I, I think from that point on, that it's definitely shown that they've been able to put some more resources into this. But it's just an interesting point to sit here and look and see kind of where we go from here. When going into this movie, I think the the universe might still have very much been in question as far as like, was this gonna work? You know, beyond that one cool movie that we got. So I don't know need to think about i agree so back to captain america the winter soldier back to captain america specifically (laughs) i think chris evans really shines here i agree um and i've really liked him Mm -hmm. since first avenger he's he's kind of just become oh this captain america yes which is so weird 
in hindsight with the Fantastic yeah. Four movies and, oh, he's, no, and he's one of the best parts of those movies the, too the scene where he's talking down Nick Fury in this movie and he's saying like no we're gonna destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. you screwed up yeah. like look thinking about that and looking at him and then looking like back to Human Torch and I'm like what What did you what? yeah how did who? yeah but I, I just it, it the Russos very clearly understand who Captain America is and I really really appreciate that like and, and they build the story around challenging him philosophically, mm-hmm. and and the world is trying to get him to change, and that carries over into civil into civil war beautifully, um, and I, I I just find that that kind of character arc fascinating. Have I said Captain America is my favorite character in the MCU? I don't think so. I think. Truly, without without going like, oh, Groot's pretty fun, or you know, mm-hmm. if, you know, some some kind of very superficial answer. Or like Malekith. Or Malekith. Those eyes, those beautiful eyes. Sorry, what? Co- sorry, sorry, male Keith. <laughs> what color were his eyes? <laughs> I I think truly Captain America is my favorite mm-hmm. character of the MCU. Well, he has, I think, pretty unarguably the best trilogy. Just thinking of everyone. I don't like thinking about it that way. I know, I know, but I'm I'm saying that the movies that are focused on him are, I think, undeniably the strongest of the MCU across the board. If you're taking the averages, yes. Maybe after Guardians three, that will change. Yeah. But yeah, that's possible. Um, but then those are those are ensemble movies where this yes. is yes. ultimately about one guy. Yes. Um, I just really like all the political stuff in this. I agree. And it's, I don't know and, if... And it doesn't feel like super preachy or anything, Well, that's too. the thing. Yeah, they don't completely just punch into that and steer into that and make it all about, like, the political intrigue, but it is... And it doesn't forget that it's a fun comic book yes. movie. Like, it's 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 a, it's a superb balance. Yeah, it, it presents it to you, especially at this we stage. Have, we have Armin Zola recorded in, like, a bunch of old 70s computers, mm-hmm. and that doesn't... And it completely <laughs> works. Yeah. How... How does that work? How is that not just the dumbest thing you've ever seen? <laughs> it should be. It no, should be. Um, unfortunately, we didn't go full robot form yet, which is upsetting. But, you know, maybe we'll get there someday. Okay, uh, is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, him, in the comics, his thing is that he is like a robot with a TV in the chest. All right, all right F minus for this movie. <laughs> Should have gotten that. Come on. Speaking of that, though, <laughs> Batchrock. My man. I- I'll I'll let you take. I mean, take this, one, take and I, I'm I've read Captain America comics. I'm not like, Matt. I haven't read a ton of them. Um, I'm familiar enough with the source material, and I've read kind of the the earlier ones that introduce Batrock. And I remember watching this in theaters because I think when I watched this in theaters, I had just re- recently started reading comics for like the first time. I just sort of like recently discovered, oh wait, they actually collect all these things, and I can go back and I can read them. And I think I'd just probably recently been reading some Captain America comics because I remember seeing him, seeing Batrock, you know, in this very cool, like, kind of modernized, uh, not not quite, you know, uh, a full flamboyance form, but still this really cool uh, reimagining of him as kind of this military dude with this really great, like, kind of martial arts prowess. And that whole fight scene is just amazing. And it's just, it's just a, a, a little toss to the, like, it's just like, oh, hey, we're going to put this in here, you know, have, have a good time with it then we're gonna get back to the story like it the, it's the same thing um no i won't go there yet but um 
Because that's talking about a future movie. But basically, like, I love that... I love the fact that they feel comfortable with just doing these side characters just for a second, just throwing something in there to be like, hey, this is a character who we're probably never going to focus on as, like, a, you know, main antagonist or whatever. But, you know, we'll put them in there What's just to that? be like... It's just been announced. Batrock the Leaper is getting his own trilogy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He'll have his own extended universe by the end of the decade. <laughs> but really, like... And they don't... That's the thing, too. They, they introduce these characters, and they don't usually feel the need to, like, rush out and be like, oh, we need to, we need to go... You know, people respond well to that. We need to go make... The, I mean, think about Hulk from Avengers. They haven't rushed to put together a Hulk movie. And I know there's some weird rights things there, but they would pull it off if they wanted to. I mean, even with Black Widow, like, people have been clamming for her movie for a while, which I think they need to do, and I hope they do that soon. Um, but they're very hesitant to be like, we're just going to rush out and we're going to respond to these kind of audience reactions and be like, oh, we need to go milk this guy for all it's worth because look at how much they like this character. They're very smart about... We're gonna give you what you, what you need. We're gonna we're gonna give you enough. Yeah, and you're you're gonna be quite happy with that. And then you know you you'll you'll come back wanting more. Because I mean, just thinking about this so far, phase two so far is literally just three sequels. Yep. It's not. We're the, Guardians of the Galaxy obviously is the one like oh wait where did this come from and yeah. then we get another sequel and then we get one more origin story. Yeah. And so like. They're very okay with just sitting on their heels, kind of trying new things out and, and testing the waters a little bit here, uh, I, I think. And I find that very, very interesting to watch the progression and the fact that they aren't very reactionary, which I think is extremely helpful for their structure and the fact that they aren't one of these other cinematic universes. Not even talking about like the DCU, but even like the Dark Universe or whatever that Universal tried to do. They're not sitting here losing their minds, being like, we have to go get this in. Oh my goodness, we have to get on the jump and the hype train and the money. It's just like, we're going to make movies. Okay, I know I watched The Mummy, starring <laughs> Tom Cruise. I, I can't say I recall anything that happened in that movie. I uh, refused to watch it on principle because uh, Brendan Fraser is my god. <laughs> 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 no, uh, I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I have not seen The Mummy starring Tom Cruise, and I think I'll probably stay that way just because I don't have any interest in watching that. What happened in that movie? I saw it. Doesn't he go, doesn't he turn into a mummy or something? Maybe. <laughs> Vampires? Russell Crowe's in it. He's, he's Dr. Jekyll. Yeah. That's a thing. I thought that was Sean Connery. <laughs> what? <laughs> or other guy from that one movie. Based I on... guess other guy from that one movie. Anyway, The League of Extraordinary Other Guys. <laughs> now I want that. I want I want <laughs> them to say that The Mummy is is a direct sequel to The yes. League of Extraordinary. That's how you. That's how you connect those cinematic universes. That'll make the bucks. <laughs> People care about that. I, am I the only person on this planet that even mildly enjoyed the League of Extraordinary I had, Gentlemen? I had some some friends in high school who like loved that movie legitimately. I remember watching. I it never really like, watched it. I mean, of... I never really watched it, so I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I know everyone hates it, but like, yeah, I, I remember that's how. That's why I know about that movie. Is that. I had some friends who were like, oh, this is, I, I think this is great. I, I remember like, okay. enjoying that quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. Weird. 
Anyways. No one's not the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Should we talk about the Winter Soldier since his name's in the title? Yeah. Um, he might be one of the weaker aspects of this movie. He's not shoved down our throat, which is nice. It's, it's you know, here's a scene. He does something mysterious. He goes away. He does yeah. that like two or three times. Then he shows up and it's like, oh, it's Bucky. And, the, the, you know. The big problem is, and I think this this goes towards your Yes, this is what I was saying earlier. Yeah. towards fully being emotionally invested in this film. We just didn't get enough of Bucky in First Avenger. Mm-hmm. And then he's just killed off. He's like, okay, bye. Like, how how do you think the, the normal average moviegoer goes into this movie seeing First Avenger once? Mm. And, and seeing Avengers. And seeing mm. all of them once in the theater. Maybe catching it on TV at some point. Yeah. I don't know. They go into this. Maybe on see, TNT. They know drama. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. <laughs> But they get to the action scene. Not on TBS. Which, by the way, we need TBS to get to, is very funny. They to, don't know drama. <laughs> they're a regular MCU, if you know what I'm saying. They don't know drama. They're all comedy. Continue. They're a flavor of the week Ant-Man. I feel, I feel this is losing it. Go. It's fine. We need to talk about the action scenes, by the way. But yes. when, when we get to the reveal that it's Bucky, especially... It, it, especially because he looks differently he's got a different haircut and whatnot. Mm. I feel like a lot of people are just going wait who's that and they even hear Steve go Bucky and, and they're like who's who's Bucky I, I don't I don't remember I mean I think they they place it you kind of have to be paying attention if you haven't seen anything else but like yeah. they do mention they're like oh hey Bucky his, like there's a scene where they focus on Bucky at, in the Smithsonian memorial yeah. thing and like you know that that sort of thing so I think there's enough there that you can get that you can get the idea of what's happening, but uh, and of course they do like a quick flashback to show you know what happens. And yeah. For the most part, I think we're we're okay with that. Um, but but we. But as far as yeah, emotional get, connection. We just didn't get enough screen time with him in the first movie for it to be fully. Mm-hmm. Like there should be a lot more of him and Steve just like hanging out. I agree. Or, and they like, and I like we're how they like tried to going do that. on missions together, which goes back to that problem of that movie having like that that one montage where they're just fighting Hydra. I'm like, can 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 this not be the movie? Can we not just see them fighting yeah. Hydra? Yeah, I, I, or, it, it, actual, it, it, or actual Nazis and not cartoon characters with laser guns. It also goes back to what I was saying in that where Bucky should have been around until the end of the movie instead of just weirdly yeah. killing him off like two thirds of the way in. Yeah, um, yeah, it's all kind of strange. And and you can tell the Russo brothers are trying to kind of do their best with it. They have a nice little flashback where, uh, right after Steve's uh, dad dies and, and Bucky's helping, like kind of, you know, staying with him and, and trying to like. I want to say it's his mom who died. Oh, was it the other way? It doesn't matter. He says he's. Ne- I thought he said he's next to mom now. Is what? Oh, I thought it was the reverse. Oh, maybe. Who cares? Some would say it's the reverse. Their mothers are both named <laughs> Sally. <laughs> They're friends oh. now. <laughs> they were friends before, but they're also friends now. <laughs> Instead of a kryptonite spirit's a giant metal arm, what do you want from me? Uh, but yeah, no, it's they, they add a nice flashback sequence in, and I like how it's not something that's like very uh, heavy-handed and kind of like sticks into the, like something that kind of rewrites the the first movie. It's just like a nice scene where it's like also, they're hanging out. The, the effect of little tiny Steve Rogers looks so much better in this it than does. it did it in really First does. Avenger. I like, was thinking the same here, thing. Here it is seamless. In the nice the nice moment where uh, he's back in Camp Lehi, L- L- Camp Lehi, Camp Lehi, L- 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 wherever he trains. Lee, <laughs> where he he sees he kind of has a flashback. 
to seeing himself run and he stops and looks I feel like it looks a lot better there as well yeah. which is weird because it's just like a nice little scene but anyway um, yeah no I, I think they, they try their best I do agree that I don't think it has the emotional punch I think what they did in this movie will probably pay off pretty well going down the line yeah um, obviously in Civil War he has a lot more focus mm-hmm. maybe even more focus than in the movie that's named after him well I think but... well I remember um, Britain who was on some yes. of these episodes he was yes. he was he was, one he was of our, with us for a while he was our our guest star slash co-star for a <laughs> while his i remember he had a thing about he he thought that bucky was kind of boring <laughs> and i wonder if he would feel the same way if like i said we got more screen time for him and that was <laughs> really built up and it was a very emotionally effective moment when we get yeah. that reveal in this movie <laughs> i don't know it feels like we're getting pretty much every it's kind of like the villains where everything we get we get out of his performance yeah in the first movie he doesn't really have enough time to sell that in this movie he's wearing a mask most of the time yeah and doesn't really have any lines until like three or four scenes towards the end and then like you know we kind of get some more out of him as we go along there and that builds him up a little bit more i think but yeah there's there's not a lot of uh a build up to us caring about him yet yeah which again goes to the, th- the the thing of I feel like this movie doesn't complete its own story necessarily it's kind of a setup for the larger MCU yeah. which is fine it's just I have a hard time getting behind this being you know the the movie the, the it's, one that it's like a setup event comic that shakes the foundations yes, of the universe yes very and, uh, and Civil all... War-esque yeah. Civil War the comic not the, the movie and, and all the, the... <laughs> ironically I would say Civil War the comic or Civil War the movie is much more of a tying up yeah. of these anyway but all these solo series kind of lead off from yes. that except this isn't the big culmination movie which we'll get into because that may or may not be an issue I mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. um Black Widow is great Scarlett Johansson's great yes. I think thus far I think this is the best she's been I agree I agree um, she she gets the most to do she well it's, it's one of those things where retroactively it makes like her presence in Iron Man 2 like it kind of makes that better mm-hmm. and that's the thing I like about these Marvel movies when we when they progress and they get better and they start calling back to stuff in the previous mm-hmm. movies it helps to kind of raise the mm-hmm. previous movies up a little bit um, and just having her and Captain America as a pair not a, a, a romantic mm-hmm. type pair which I really appreciate yeah. I, I like that quite a bit that they don't automatically they actually have a kiss and there's still never really a moment where you're like oh they're in a romantic relationship yeah. now well she even teases him about it which is a nice mm-hmm. um but just having her as a foil for cap yes you know, she she's the spy she's she spent her whole life just doing yes. dirty work and he's just like the the moral upright boy guy scout. who doesn't mm-hmm. yeah the, the boy scout doesn't do anything wrong it's a very interesting foil mm-hmm. and how she she you know she teases him and makes fun of him or whatever she criticizes him but she you can tell she really like respects him yeah. and is inspired by him and he she wants to do better we get to see you a mean, lot more of her emotions wait wait you mean you mean heroes can be symbols and actually inspire people instead of just like saying they're inspiring people but not actually in my world it means america <laughs> the star <laughs> but yeah um she she has a lot she shows a lot more emotion in this movie where she's got the you know the ties with cap obviously like you're saying where they kind of build more of a relationship there yeah um 
Nick Fury, she she show, is shown to be very like she really cares about him and yeah. like very much respects him. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I love the scene where she she is hiding as the. I guess we can transition from here into the action sequences. The scene where she's hiding. We need to address Anthony Mackie. Yeah, I guess we do. Do you want to do that first, and then we'll come back to that? He might be my favorite, like performance. I don't know. Yeah. Anthony Mackie is just so much fun to watch. I, I just like, especially because I've seen interviews with him and stuff. I kind of just want to. He's the one actor that I just want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. He just seems like the coolest guy, and I really enjoy his presence in this. Mm-hmm. Even if I think it's a little convenient that Cap just kind of runs into him, and he just happens to be a guy yep. with experimental wing technology. Yep. Which kind of weird. You mentioned this. Um, my kind of counterpoint there. I mean, I do agree that it's kind of an, a convenience. Uh, but my counterpoint there is that it's also nice because it shows that him just building this relationship with this random veteran yeah. pays off. Like, that, it's... it's. I don't know. There's something nice about that and the fact that, like, the way... It's it's showing kind of the way that Captain America can, can rally people. Yeah. I feel like that's that's a good thing well, to show that's, there. That's the thing about the Russos, where even even if... Like, you get some war, some of the, the plot points is mm-hmm. kind of flimsy, whatnot, whatever... People are kind of showing up to places and like, wait, how'd that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's about the characters first. Yes. And people might think, oh, these are dumb comic book movies. They're actually very difficult to try and yeah manage. <laughs> just in terms, because because you're not just dealing with normal people. You're dealing with people like super abilities and these these government organizations yeah. with these vast number of resources. Yeah, especially when your your movies are as ambitious as the yeah. Ru- the Rooster Brothers two outings have been. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've got so many spinning plates. So I, mm-hmm. my point is, I, I'm fine with them sacrificing some story stuff, like mm-hmm. cutting uh, some corners if it, it if it goes in service mm-hmm. to the characters, which yeah, does, this does. Um, but Anthony Mackie's so great, and he's so funny. Yeah, I and hey, people, you can have a super serious, violent superhero movie that also has a sense of humor. What? I mentioned to you while we were I made, watching this. I made that breakfast. I, if you I, I, people eat that kind of thing, <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. Um, looking ahead to like the the Ant Man or whatever, where he shows up as a cameo in that, uh, kind of just a, like a surprise, fun cameo. That is like the perfect. I think that they do such a again, they do such a great job of managing when these characters show up and kind of delegating screen time out. Because by him showing up in there where he isn't really the focus of this one, he just kind of caps light hit. By him showing up in there, we establish him more as like, oh, he's an Avenger. He's just kind of hanging around. You know, he does Avenger things. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, do I didn't we realize want, you were waiting on me. Do we want to talk about Nick Fury? How do you feel about, I guess, about the, the, the fake out? Um... I can't remember. I feel like it was very effective when I watched it the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That that kind of d- just doesn't phase me because on a rewatch, of course, you it know. It doesn't phase to you? Of course, you know he's going to be alive. So yeah. it's just like that. that I, I didn't really think about that while yeah. we were watching it. I know some people complain about that just in the general idea of like Marvel has a tendency not to kill off heroes or like good characters yeah. in these movies. But they keep killing off their But they keep guys. killing off villains. Yeah. Although... 
Maybe for the best. I don't think they've had a villain worth saving or worth keeping around except for maybe Loki. Yeah, up to this point, yeah. Up to this point. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, where's Abomination? Like, you have these <laughs> villains, use them. You didn't even kill them off and you're not going to use <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, no, I agree. What's the point? <laughs> um, But yeah, uh, this movie almost... I mean, Nick Fury has the most complete arc in this movie. Yeah. As far I mean, it, Cap- Captain America really doesn't have an arc, so mm-hmm. to speak. He, he like he he refuses the call. To it's change. him. It, yeah, it's him grappling with the new world. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That scene with Peggy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. And also, that's how you handle old age makeup. Like this movie is apparently just, they yeah. shot it once and it looked terrible, so they huh. had, they they redid it. That's funny. Because huh. hey, <laughs> if it doesn't work. Maybe. Should we shoot half the movie? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I'm just kidding. They reshot like ninety percent. <laughs> they had to CGI out Chris Evans's mustache. They actually just shot a new movie. Um, no, the, Joss Whedon came in. He did some rewrites. <laughs> he reshot some stuff. Oh, whatever. It's well, fine. I guess the the analog in that case would be Zack Snyder coming in to edit a Marvel movie. <laughs> uh, a Marvel Avengers movie, no less. Oh God. Uh, Hear me out. Tim Burton directing a Zack Snyder written film. I thought for a second you were going to say Tim Burton directing the next X-Men movie. What? <laughs> Just, <to be> like... <laughs> Just like completely going a different direction. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine that nightmare? Tim Burton I think... directing a Zack Snyder written script. For the X-Men. For anything. No, specifically. I think I want that. I want Tim Burton directing Zack Snyder's script I want for a James movie. Bond movie or vice versa really either Tim Burton can write it and Zack Snyder either way just <laughs> get them together make an X-Men movie see what happens that sounds like the worst <laughs> idea it's gonna win an Oscar that's like getting Michael Bay to do Lobo so anyway that's not gonna happen this joke's gonna be horribly outdated <laughs> six we're gonna months. be like what are you talking about why was there a weird silence there <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no. It's, it's like getting Michael Bay to direct five Transformers films. <laughs> you let him get away with it five well, at times. Least, at least you don't give him the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> he just produced those. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, I don't remember what I was talking about. Uh, something about killing off people. Something, we went farther than that. What were you talking about? Do you remember? Who are you? <laughs> Before the Zack Snyder, Wait, we're talking about Nick Fury, and and the twist. Yeah, I I had a point there though. Some, something after that. Oh, you were talking about uh, them bringing back heroes, and then we started getting into them killing off all their villains. Yeah. Um. I don't remember. I feel like I had somewhere else. I was. I love how to. structured this podcast is. <laughs> we always know exactly what we're gonna say. <laughs> I got nothing. We're not very good at ad libbing here, people. <laughs> case in point you should have just cut to silence for the next 15 minutes <laughs> that's how you do a podcast cut to silence where that's just going like uh well okay what but it, you know what could should I maybe, feel I think perhaps or Canada <laughs> since you forgot where that long train of thought was yes. going do we want to get into the action scenes? Yes. They're sure. amazing. 
this movie... Oh, no, this is actually where I was going with this. Um, because you were talking about with Peggy, the scene with Peggy. Um, this movie actually takes the first act of the movie just to sit there okay. and have what Captain... Am- like, obviously he ends up going... I forget, does the mission happen at the very beginning? Is that kind of like the opening? I've already The forgotten. opening is Steve running with uh, Falcon. And then does it jump into the mission? And then mission? jumps into the mission. Yeah, okay. So after that mission, so we get a great action sequence on the mission. We'll talk about that. We then proceed to spend like another 20, 30 minutes of him just living his life and being like, oh, hey, this is what it's like to, you know, be this guy who's been transported so much later in the future and to be in our present time after being used to, you know, kind of his 50s uh, ways. And it just takes some time. This movie is full of action. Like, it's just constantly, you know, um, on its heels, I guess, just like, you know, action set pieces everywhere and yet we find so much time to just breathe and just appreciate like what he's dealing with and and you know get used to his life as it currently stands and it's great it's just nice it's nice to care about the characters doing things that aren't necessarily related to the next big MacGuffin. and it's just hey gonna live his life it's nice to just know what's going on in your character's head yeah he's talking to people and they're talking to him and they're like hey this is how i feel about a thing and he's like i feel about this about this thing now i want to see him where he goes to the va and he's talking with falcon falcon's like you know you could keep doing your superhero thing you could keep helping people or don't screw him who cares and then cap doesn't say a word and then the scene just ends <laughs> that's how you direct a superhero movie people <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, that's, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but that is a true point that, like, that is actually way what what is far worse about the scenes with the Kents and yeah. Man of Steel is the fact that we don't. Superman never talks. If he was, if he was responding to the, to them saying like, yeah, I don't know, do what you want, then like that'd be one thing. But we don't know what he's feeling. We only know that's fascinating. That's a whole other. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not a problem in this movie. Like, oh, it is fantastic. The through line they go with, and this connects with Age of Ultron as well. When when Falcon's talking to him at the VA and, he, and he's tr- trying to ask him like what he'd want to do, aside from just mm-hmm. going out and fighting because he's considering leaving Shield, and he goes, well, "What do you enjoy? What what do you like doing?" And, and Cap goes, "I don't really know." Mm-hmm. And then of course we get to like Age of Ultron stuff, and he has his character arc where he's like, "No, he really enjoys like being a soldier. Mm-hmm. Like he he likes." Helping people. Being in charge of a mission and trying yes. to help people. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, that's great. Action set pieces, though. Anyway, this movie has so many, and they're all... Like, I could remember every single one of these leading up to it in, while we're watching this movie, and I haven't seen this movie in a while. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get to this scene now, and I'm excited about it because they're cool and they're shot well. I mean, even just, like, the elevator fight scene. Just just the build-up to that alone with the guy slowly pouring in and, and him slowly yes. realizing that something's yes. up. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Because um, I was going to say, the, let's just let's just run through it real quick and just, like, throw out action pieces here. Because, like, obviously we start with the main mission where he dives out of the plane. There's a great moment where he dives out of the plane without a parachute. And then he just, like, takes out half a ship of people and just very, by, like, throwing a shield at his fighting style is evolving too, because mm-hmm. with with First Avenger and and Avengers, mm-hmm. it's it's very just like simple. Mm-hmm. It's just like oh, he just punched the guy, or oh, he blocked with the shield, or he punched mm-hmm. it. Like now, it's a lot more tactical. Yeah, it's like he's learning like MMA fighting. Yeah, 
He's just going around like like spin kicking people in yeah. the face. Yeah. So he's, he's got all sorts of fancy tricks with the shield. Mm-hmm. It's great. And there's all these great wide shots of him just chucking this the shield like yeah. 50 feet away and knocking someone out and bouncing him around off people and everything. It's amazing. And uh, that entire sequence builds up, of course, to the Batrock fight, fight, like I was mentioning earlier, and there's this great back and forth, and it's all just one line. It's almost like an Injustice uh, fight or a Mortal Kombat, you know, whatever. Yeah. Where it's just, like, literally back and forth, you know, for... And it, it doesn't go on super long. It's not a ridiculous fight. It's just, like, back and forth. He's doing all these crazy flips and, you know... The, the part where he throws the shield away. No, I need a bunch of camera angles that, that are completely incomprehensible for, Which, me, for me to figure out what's actually happening. There is a little bit of that in this movie. There's not a lot. There's a little bit. I didn't notice it that much. This, there are bits and pieces least, where I'm like, this is getting a little too tight. Um, I, I, did, I didn't feel that at all. But there are also a ton of wide shots. Uh, I'm thinking the part, when he gets into the elevator, he it shows, it's a wide shot of him walking up. <laughs> yeah in the building it's a gorgeous shot where he's walking up and walks into the elevator front and we can see it through the glass windows yeah. um there's tons of stuff like that throughout this movie where there's nice wide shots um what's the next like fight scene after the the, the ship and they kind of take a break for a while i guess he chases after bucky yeah and there's it's this excellent scene where he's just smashing through like walls and doors and windows and he's like ah and, like just mashing well, everything so it's, it's, breaking it's, dents in the walls with his shield it's trying to ground such ridiculous concepts because it's like this guy's got this shield he's got this shield that does anything he's got this red white and blue shield <laughs> he looks like an idiot yeah yeah but he's just running around and they actually try and put some physics into it of like mm-hmm. oh he runs into a wall oh that wall's got some damage <laughs> on it yeah yeah and it's, it's violent it's brutal like we were kind of talking about yeah and it, it, he's just wrecking things and then he goes up and then he throws he throws it at Bucky and then that's a great moment um again kind of I, I, I hate to keep moving up to future movies we missed the chase scene with Fury oh was that before that point yes oh yeah yeah that's right of course it was um actually I'll mention this later on I think this movie has a lot of parallels The specifically the opening of this movie has a lot of parallels to Thor Ragnarok which is interesting we'll talk about that maybe when we get there but basically there's some some, some not symbolism but some I feel like similar setups there but like the, the word, but basically Cap throws the shield at Bucky and Bucky catches it and throws it back and you're like, oh, crap. This guy's, you know, he's a big deal. Um, but yeah, the, the Nick Fury fight scene where there's this This ain't no chase Hugo scene. weaving with a terrible German accent. Yeah. Uh, the By cha- the way, people are speaking different languages in this because, hey, they're they're different nationalities and they, they throw in some subtitles. Mm-hmm. And they use it to build up something where Cap uh, says something in French to Batrock. Yeah. And it's great. <laughs> anyway. It's the little things. Yeah, it really is. It's the little um, things. I don't know how they shot the chase sequences in this movie. Yeah. There's two, like, major ones, and I don't know how they did either of them, because they basically must have just, like, cut off, like, a good two miles of street. Yeah. Just been like, oh, we're just going to use this. Maybe more. It's it's ridiculous. I don't know how they pulled that off because it's the, it's they're weaving through traffic and cars are smashing everywhere. It looks amazing. It's all seems very practical at least. I'm sure. I mean, obviously there's like touch ups and everything, but like clearly they they needed a lot of stunt drivers for these and like oh it's great. I don't know how they pulled this off. They put a lot of effort into it. It's almost exhausting to watch it and just be like how did like just what did you do? The best part about those scenes is that they always keep you engaged. Mm-hmm. They never go on too long. Mm-hmm. There's not an overabundance of CGI where you're constantly going, oh, it's not real. Yeah. Like, it's very well done. Yeah. 
they have an excellent sense of pacing when it comes to action. Is there anything that is working? The AC is working properly. <laughs> yeah, but all the stuff with the, where they, all the cool little moments where they, they're shooting the car and the car is holding up because it's a super armored car and then they bring out the battering ram. Yeah. <laughs> it's like portal battering ram. And then Fury like has like a little mini gun, not yeah. mini gun, but a little machine gun in his like console and he's shooting them. Oh, it's amazing. And, and there's so many little bits and pieces and like, uh, they they use the little cut through not, the floor thing twice. Not even just like the political thematic stuff, but mm-hmm. this this movie just in terms of like gadgets and just interesting set pieces puts Bond to shame. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's very appropriate because this is a spy thriller. If they uh, get done with uh, the MCU, I think they would be a pretty good choice to uh, jump on that Bond there if they have any interest in that. Because man, yeah. Can we just get the Russo brothers to direct everything from now on? Can can that just be a... I mean, I don't know about everything, but like... No, no, everything. A good, good bit. I'd no, like to see them try a no, lot of things. No, everything. Okay, that's fine. Everything. <laughs> we can... I'll compromise. I'm going to keep, keep saying come, everything. Come to an agreement here. Yeah. Um, I'm a very lenient kind of guy. But yeah. Coming uh, to a theater near you. Everything directed by the Russo brothers. <laughs> starring... Everyone! <laughs> 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> no, um, so would the next thing be the elevator sequence? After the Bucky rooftop chase? Yes. Because then, yeah, there's the excellent elevator sequence, like we described already. Well, even the bit Very where iconic. He's riding his motorcycle, and he dismantles the little shield jet. Yes, I was going to get to that next. The yeah. Quinjet, right? Quinjet, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. That, and that, he's, he, yeah, he bounces that the shield. That seems like 30 backwards. seconds, yeah. and it's beautiful, because it's, it's, it's just so cool. Yeah. And you're like, yep, I believe that this guy could do that. <laughs> you just showed me how he did it. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, it's awesome. It really is. I could be wrong, but I think the next scene after that is when the, the next chase, the, the fight with Bucky on the highway. Yeah, I feel like we're missing something, but I think pretty much everything from that point on is just them kind of like on the run a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the Bucky chase sequence where they... Not so much a chase in this uh, point as it is, like, they immediately get sprawled out onto the road and then, yeah. like, there's 80 cars lying everywhere and they're just, like, chucking grenades back and forth. Yeah. Just the little bit where he, he's fighting Bucky and Bucky, like, does the little knife flip in his yes. hand. Like, yes! <laughs> and uh, and where, where uh, Black Widow sets up the phone playing yeah. her voice and then he, he tries to... Once again... Puts James Bond to shame. <laughs> yep. And then she, yeah, she attacks him and like... I'm sorry, I'm a big Bond fan. This puts James Bond to shame. <laughs> oh, it's great. Kind of puts Jason Bourne to shame too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Have you seen any of the Jason Bourne movies? I've seen the, I've seen the original. Okay. Said, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen either of the new ones. Okay. But... Either of the new ones. <laughs> you mean Bourne Legacy from 2012? <laughs> yes. The, the third I remember my dad was like super he was like oh we gotta go see the, the third Bourne Ultimatum and I was like okay and I saw it I was like oh that was super cool I don't know anything about this but I like just like in theaters just me like, <laughs> when did that come out 2007 yeah so <laughs> if you can imagine just me like with no context for anything just okay I remember seeing the second one in 2004 with my dad having no <laughs> context amazing 
And then I saw the third one without having seen the first one. <laughs> and those oh, movies, very plot-driven. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to keep up with them. Mm. They, they have some cool set pieces and action stuff, but you got to keep up with those plots. They're very intricate. So I'm just like, eyes glazed over... <laughs> Where's James Bond? Like, what's going on? You told me this was a spy movie. It's mostly just Matt Damon running. Is that your quote on the poster? That's my quote on the poster. Some porn ultimatum. It's mostly just Matt Damon running. See, I think it would have been better if it was Tom Cruise. Where's my Mission Impossible James Bond Jason Bourne crossover. What, what about, and Jeremy Renner's character from Bourne Legacy gets a cameo. Jack, Jack Ryan? <laughs> Which one? There's like there's like seven actors that have I, played him. I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on. I think the last Jack Reacher, that's the other one. Jack Reacher's not a spy. Jack Ryan's the spy. You're not a spy. <laughs> Why thank you for noticing. I think the last action set piece is just uh, Bucky and, well, I guess all the stuff at the end with Halle Yeah, Carey. so the entire Halle Carey sequence. Yes. Yeah. Again, all this great stuff. The The design is awesome. Like, of the, the that little pod where they keep, like, falling down yeah. and they're, like, on the glass and it's kind yeah. of get the, the sweaty palms feeling because, <laughs> like, you know, they're floating in the air. Um, I love I love the, the visual image <clears throat> of the three Halle Carriers just shooting each other, like, yeah. 30 seconds, not 30 seconds, like, five minutes after they've gone up. So it's just like some just imagining the civilians on the ground are just like what 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 just, is who just as a concept that's terrifying yep these giant vehicles in the sky just have guns trained on anyone that they don't believe satellite weaponry yeah that's terrifying yep oh hey uh we we get a, a Stephen Strange cameo not cameo but reference out of that and guess what they they use them continuity. Excuse me? Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 did that first? They called it all the way back then? What did they do? Uh, when they were trying to come up with names for Doc Ock, the one guy says Doctor Strange, and, and J. Jonah Jameson says, Oh, it's good, but it's taken. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Fair enough. I was going to make a bad joke so, about Amazing so Spider-Man, both, I'm fine Both the Sam Raimi set of movies and the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies... They're all connected. They're all connected. It's all the same universe. Yeah. yeah. Continue. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. Obviously, like the fight, of the, where, the fact that he stops at the end and lets Bucky, Bucky just kind of punch him for a while. Then Bucky stops and of his own accord, and he's like, "Oh, hey, maybe I shouldn't keep punching this guy." Cap gets he shot and punched a lot. Oh yeah, he gets beaten up by the end of this movie. It's and great. there's blood. Yeah. Oh, the, the we forgot to mention the little sequence where he chucks the guy into the rotor, or not? Uh, Bucky chucks the guy into the rotor. Yeah. There's a whole sequence where Bucky shows up on the helicarrier and he just wrecks crap. Well, the best part is the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, and these are the actual S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, not just the Hydra guys. They're yeah. going, oh, we're, Cap, we're, we're his only backup. And then suddenly Winter Soldier comes out and <laughs> just wrecks them all. It's amazing. No, it's great. Um, yeah, and... I want a video game where I can play as Winter Soldier. Yeah. Can I get that game? Yeah. That'd be nice. Um, well, God, let's get a good Marvel game first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um Falcon gets a little bit of a of, of fist fighting with crossbones at the end. There. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, uh Rumlow. 
Frank Grillo is the. It's not a whole lot to talk about until the end there with the the fight, the fist fight at the end, and then he gets beaten up and kind of absorbed into this debris. And I, I think that actor has a, has has a good amount of charisma. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I want him in something like where Bigger. he's the main person. Yeah, you know? I, I know a lot of people were wanting him to get cast as the Punisher yeah. for a while. Yeah, and. I believe the only other thing he's really done, he's in like a couple of the Purge movies as the main character, uh-huh. I think, where he plays like a Punisher type character. I think that's where that mm-hmm. came from. But I, I think he's he's a really cool presence in this. Yeah, it is fascinating to also the guy who plays KG Beast in Batman vs Superman is in this. Yeah, and I swear. Every scene he was in, I said something about shooting Which someone right between the isn't eyes. Isn't that funny? Every single time he isn't, showed up. Isn't that funny that you mentioned that? Because this is exactly what I was about to highlight in this movie. KG Beast in Batman Superman, he shows up, he gets blown up, he's, he pops up a couple times, he doesn't really get anything to do, then he gets blown up. And that's the end of that, I guess. It's it, it's the same thing. What are with, you talking about? He gets to threaten Martha. It's the same thing with Jimmy Olsen. He yeah, yeah I get that but I have KG, an actual point KG to make KG Beast is the most important character in that movie okay um, Jimmy that's Olsen. my review Jimmy on Olsen, the post sure Jimmy Olsen the same thing he gets shot immediately and it's like oh you know screw the comics or whatever and, and there are reason, creative reasons that they try to go with that, those kind of roots but the, uh, the idea there is that they're introducing these characters they're not showing us any element of these characters that we like from the comics yeah. and then they're killing them and there's a lot of, that's not just a DCU thing there's a lot of movies that do stuff like that or they just never pay off these sort of like little bits of comic references that are like, oh yeah, we'll get around to that. And then it's just like completely thrown by the wayside. There's no continuity or anything. Yeah. The, it Even looking at, it's really fascinating to, to kind of draw that back into this movie. It's really fascinating to compare this with Iron Man 3, like we talked about a little while ago. Because Iron Man 3 has a ton of weird comic book references that don't really work. They're just kind of like, ah, oh, here's a thing, we'll pull that, I guess. You know, these are what's popular right now. This movie is full of comic... Like, for a very grounded movie, Winter Soldier is full of comic book stuff. The um, Triskelion, that's that's a thing that was introduced in the Ultimates, like a S.H.I.E.L.D. base. Um, the Batroc, obviously, is just like a cameo. He's just there. <clears throat> uh, Crossbones, they introduce him. They don't kill him off. They set him up to actually be the, his character in later movies, and they very explicitly are like, oh, he's not dead because we're going to use him for something. Um, and they do. And then, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think who else. What's on the roll I had? Like Sharon that. Carter. Sharon Carter gets uh, set up there. Agent 13. <clears throat> and, yeah. Uh, Sidwell, I believe, is also from the comics. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think who else. There's just, there's a bunch of little things like that where it's just like, oh, that character's here now. Obviously, yeah. Arnim Zola getting like the, the screen box, like I was saying. Yeah. Um, it's just like, oh, this, this is a character. They, they exist in this universe now. We can use them. I don't know if they'll ever use Zola again, but I, I think that would be easy enough to be like, oh, yeah, he's uh, backed up. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's great. They just, I always say, that, like I said, they mentioned Stephen Strange, and then they use him later on. They, they mentioned uh, Bruce Banner a couple of times, which is just nice continuity in general. Mentioned Stark. Mentioned, yeah, Stark a few times. Think about his parents getting killed yeah. by Hydra. Yeah. And there's the thing about the repulsors, uh, yeah, and the uh, helicarriers technology actually being used, so that you don't have the weird inter countless different universes that have screwed this up. Whether that's uh, Prometheus and 
uh, the Alien franchise and the way that the technology doesn't really match oh, up. Oh, yeah. And that... the Star Wars franchise even as well. You know, they, yeah. they prevent that by actually having the franchise move together as one and, like, they, they are very meticulous about the technology that gets carried across. Um, yeah, I kind of got off track with the <laughs> comic book references thing, but the point is this is chock full. These care These... The Russo brothers very clearly do actually care about the comics and they've incorporated a lot of elements there that I think work a lot better and are a lot more subtle at the same time obviously the Winter Soldier is the whole thing I guess I should have mentioned that first that's a whole storyline that they've just incorporated well, into one well, it, movie it, it, it's not just needless comic book pandering mm -hmm. at the at the expense of character and story yeah, exactly it's how can we use these these little bits and pieces to put together a compelling story and create interesting characters yeah it's good. It's very good. Let's get into complaints. I think this is just going to be you ranting about continuity for like 10 minutes and then we'll get out of here. That yeah. kind of feels like what we're going to go for here. I don't really have any complaints on like an actual movie making level. Yeah, really judging this movie as its own thing mm -hmm. is kind of near perfect. Yeah. Which you can argue how high, like I was saying, there may, I may not have a lot of emotional investment to that. So just because it's perfect quote-unquote doesn't mean necessarily it's like this is the best movie ever yeah just means that it doesn't really do anything wrong yeah um i think this one of the phase two solo films suffers the most from the complaint of well why don't they just call the other avengers yeah um and I guess you can argue it's like, oh, well, maybe they don't know who to trust, but, like, they don't ever address that. They don't They don't address it once. That's that's the big issue for me. Cause, well, let's let's review. Let's, Iron Man 3. Um, really, that happened so quickly. And everyone thinks Iron Man is dead. He, and he doesn't have, like, te his technology for a little while. He's um, also just certainly an egomaniac. <laughs> Probably would not be super excited to ask the other Avengers for help. Yeah, well, and that that's kind of a complaint. At uh, I would apply to the, that movie as well yeah. as this. Where we did, I think. Well, there needs to be a scene where they go, "Why aren't we calling these other people?" Yeah, yeah. There needs to be just be a quick scene. Like it could be as simple as he's th he's he's looking down his list of people. Oh, Natasha Show and Cap are off on a mission. Oh, I can't. They're not going to be useful. Oh, Bruce, maybe I shouldn't call the Hulk to deal with this Mandarin thing. That probably is not a good idea. Yeah. Whatever. Hawkeye's off doing a thing. Like, show show some of the Avengers and what they're up to on the news. Yeah. You know, the helicarrier explosions. I don't know, match. I don't know exactly what the timelines are supposed to be on all these, but yeah. Yeah. Something. Thor, most of it's off world and then when they get back to earth it happens within like a couple hours it's all very so. asgardian based so yeah, it's like that's yeah. that's fine but this one especially because it's all about shield falling apart mm -hmm. there needs to be a scene where they go okay who who, who can we call yeah. oh we can't call tony he'll be useless he doesn't have his iron man suits anymore because he blew all of them up nice well you could continuity. say either that or you could say oh tony's dead <laughs> you could address that if, if you want to say it's happening at the exact same time yeah yeah um kind of weird to do it that way but sure but I'm saying there th that movie gives you opportunities yes uh, Bruce once again maybe it's not the best to call the Hulk and uh, they reference that or they reference him a couple times yeah you know, like... I think the, the big problem with this one is Hawkeye mm -hmm. the fact that they say literally nothing mm -hmm. about where he is it's kind of weird yep. once again 
it, it's more as the where this movie stands in the MCU that that's a problem more so than as a film itself. Yeah. Uh, I would say the other main place that I find this to be a problem is the ending, and that's mostly because of the lead into Age of Ultron, uh-huh. where at the end of this movie, Black Widow seems to go her own way. She's like, I'm going to go create a new identity. Here's the information on Bucky. And then Cap and Falcon are going to go find Bucky. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> the beginning of Age of Ultron is like, oh no, the Avengers are back together and they're going to go fight Hydra and find Loki's yeah. staff and all that. What? <laughs> I-, I feel like the ending of this movie should have been, okay, we're going we're to have to hold off on finding Bucky. Like, have it be a bit more of a cliffhanger where it's like oh we we gotta take down Hydra now like there's yeah. all this stuff with Hydra yeah. that we gotta go find and then uh, you know uh, Cap and Black Widow are having a conversation he's like make the call yeah it's, it's, you know something to lead into the next yeah. Avengers movie yeah. which I can see where that argument would that would very much pull in the Iron Man 2 arguments of like oh you're doing too much Avengers too, setting up other movies yeah and I get that um but these are almost TV show episodes at this it's, point. It's a serialized narrative. Yeah. I really don't think that complaint holds a lot of water yeah, yeah. unless... And I think it's something people would very quickly get used to if you were just like, yeah, nah, this is how it's going to work. Yeah. It is also kind of how it works anyway right now. Well, the ending of Empire Strikes Back, we're going to go rescue Han. Like, that's yeah. that's the ending of that movie. Yeah. Like... <laughs> How would that be a problem here if it's not a problem mm-hmm. there, you know? I mean, I guess the argument there would be, oh, there's not 20 other movies to, to watch beforehand, but still. I mean, give it time. Yeah. There might be yeah. at some you're, point. You're not wrong. There's already, what, there's going to be six to watch beforehand if you're watching them in, in, in chronological order? What do you mean? There's, you, you, got, you got the prequels, you got Rogue One, you got Han Solo... You got you got a new hope and you got empire. Oh yeah, yeah okay yeah fair. Continuity kids, it'll be the death of us all. <laughs> and that looks exceptional. <laughs> I thrive on it. Continuity is your god. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I feel like it's it's very once again. It's not necessarily a problem with this movie, and I you could argue it's more of a problem with Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. How they, they kind of just like, oh yeah, we're fighting Hydra yeah. now. Yeah. And there's like a quick throwaway line about like, oh, we're trying to look for Bucky. Yeah, don't really address that. But it did, I don't know. I feel and, like and, Age of Ultron would have been cooler if they had somehow organically, and we'll talk about this with Age of Ultron obviously, but if they had somehow organically kind of pulled things back together. Yeah. Like they all kind of happened, they were looking for all, like Cap was looking for Bucky, and you know I don't know Black Widow was tracking down Hydra leads yeah and so on and so forth and somehow they all ended up in the same place I think that would have been a cool yeah. uh, thought process there but whatever well they, they try to throw us a bone with the Baron Strucker scene where he's like oh I'm gonna I'm, they're not gonna find us I'm gonna throw them breadcrumbs for other Hydra things and they'll never find us they'll, they won't find the, the twins or Loki Scepter or yeah. any of that like they're, they're trying to do that but I'm just like we need something about the Vin- the Avengers getting back together instead of the, j- us just getting to the next movie and yeah. like, oh, they're together again. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I feel like I talked a while about that and it's not really actually a problem. <laughs> In this movie, at least. In this movie, at yeah, least. I agree. And then there were some smaller things. I can't quite remember them now. I, something with Civil War where they, 
there's the red book, you read the code, and it kind of resets Bucky. Yeah, there's and some the confusion that... about what happens to Bucky, because it yeah. seems to be that he was, like, under the control of the Soviets for a while, as opposed to just Hydra. That seems or, to be what's Or are the Hydras... Are, the Hydras. Yeah. Or are the Soviets Hydra as well? Yeah. And, and where does Armenzola fit into that? If well, he was, and if that's if the he, case... If he was with the Americans. And if that's the case, then why, do, why doesn't Hydra still have the red book? Because, the, yeah, I don't know. And why does Bucky... If he's been with Hydra and not the Soviets, why well, he's got the red star on his arm? Yeah, not a big deal because that's the movie's not about that. Yeah, ultimately, none of these does movies. Does Black Widow explain that at all in her description of him to Cap? Uh, there's some throwaway line when she, they're talking about Nick Fury as he's dying. Where she says, "Oh, these the shots that were fired were Soviet rounds." Yeah, there's some reference to, to yeah, the Russian true. backstory. I don't know. A little weird. It's a little weird. That's fine, I guess. But, but it's fine. Um, yeah, this, this is really it for for my my complaints. Just just some some weird smaller nitpicky things that, like I said, might not actually be valid criticisms. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, other movie series have had far worse continuity <laughs> issues. Yeah. I'm looking at you, X-Men. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, do we want to talk about the score real quick, and then we'll wrap her up? It's fine. It's, it's I liked the Thor The Dark World score better, actually, I think. And this one's by Henry Jackman, who is actually kind of one of my favorite composers. Yes. Because he did X-Men First Class, he did both Kick-Ass movies, and he did both Kingsman movies. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about... All of those? <laughs> some of those movies. The scores, I think, are fantastic for every single one of them mm-hmm. uh, and he has a, a very distinct style and I mm-hmm. feel like for this one they brought him on board and said do Hans Zimmer yeah and so there, there's just a lot of very... I mean it could be that you did just mention like six different movies he's done it could just be he, don't, he didn't really have a, a thing to like he just it didn't work for this one I don't yeah. know well, well the score does work for this as a spy thriller. yeah yeah but I'm just saying like it could just be he didn't yeah my, my, my biggest problem is that they, they don't really bring back the Captain America yeah. theme from First Avenger. They bring it back ever so briefly at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And if you're not paying attention, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then it's never brought back. Yeah. I believe they bring him back for Civil War as well. So that's Interesting. Something to keep an eye out mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Let's do grades. A minus. I do A. All right. For America. Okay. If you saw America. On my world, I need to open. No, no, it's funny. We were talking about grades towards the end of the movie, and they're doing, like, the montage or whatever, and it cuts to Steve, and he's recovering in the hospital, and Falcon's sitting next to him, and they're playing Trouble Man on the the little... uh, He's got the Mm -hmm. iPhone set up or whatever, and Cap, like, he wakes up, he realizes what the situation, he goes, on your left. Yeah. I was just like giving this an A plus now, right? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, one more continuity gaff. Oh no, the the eye patch. That was the other thing you mentioned. That's that's fully on Age of Ultron. Okay. okay. So so Age of Ultron is good. These are all going. Basically, we're pushing all these continuity problems onto Age of Ultron. We're saying, why didn't you fix this? Or why didn't you stay with this? Okay, I'm good with that. Well, it's mostly just we get. Nick Fury to a certain place at the end of this movie and then the next one is just like no he's back to being just regular old yeah. Nick Fury yeah. and then he's gone after that 
Yeah. Is he even gonna be in Infinity War? I don't. Well, he's in. He has a voiceover on the trailer, so I would assume so. Yeah, but isn't that voiceover from the first Avengers movie? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So far, this out of all of them, this is my favorite MCU movie. So far, I know Avengers is, is your your yeah. top dog, but I for, was like, I'm forgetting something. For for me, I think so far this has been the best element or balance of all the the elements at play. I can agree for, with that for a superhero it's movie. Just, I think as a movie, I overall the satisfaction I guess of Avengers and the, the yeah. I don't know. That's I think that's easily a debate you can make. That no doubt about that. Yeah, my, my... what did you give Avengers again? B plus, B plus. Okay, right, yeah. I, I do think this is better than Avengers. I think, I, I think again, I, I Avengers think... is very much. I think definitely, this movie is far more solid across the board. I think Avengers is such a great build up yeah. to that final act, and the final act is executed so perfectly that I think, it all and the it's not like the rest of it is bad necessarily, but I I just I feel like the whole thing is such a good package payoff catharsis. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. I mean that that does that is me definitely being a little too caught up in the hype maybe, but at the same time, that's kind of how I do with most of the the the, the little plus beside the A is definitely uh, some emotional necessity going on there whenever that ha- whenever I, I give a movie that so yeah didn't make me feel things. Uh, I, I th- this movie is a super tight narrative for me. Except I do agree. For, except for some. Some weird stuff, but it, it's it's not necessarily rock, rock in a hard place isn't, isn't the the best way to say this, but it's kind of it's having to pick up stuff from mm-hmm. both first Avenger and and Avengers, some of that stuff which was set up decently, some of it not so much. Yeah. It's having to pick up that stuff and try and make it more powerful. Yeah, and for the most part, it works. I agree, and it's an amplifier for future movies. As it stands right now. It's in my top three MCU MCU films. That will, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Spoilers: or how. The other two are Civil War and Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Those those are the other ones under. I'm in, very in my... excited to get back to Age of Ultron because yeah. I, I'm haven't ha- haven't seen it in a while. Maybe not since it came out in theaters. So I remember really really enjoying that. We will see. Yeah, if if I know there are definitely a few moments that I'm already like, yeah, that's probably gonna stop it from getting close to that A plus, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna have an Iron Man three situation all over again where I'm like, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a, we're gonna enjoy it quite a bit. <laughs> oh, 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 D, <laughs> H of Doltron. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. At some point. We, we've already gone too far over for us to do that this time but I do really want to sit down I think we might have already done something similar to this before but I want to go go year by year just starting in like you know maybe going back to the super, first Superman and just skipping skipping three years until we get to the next um, superhero movie and kind of speeding ourselves up to the present day and just looking at like the best years for superhero movies and kind of because we got we what are your top five years for superhero <laughs> movies released well well i just want to compare now that we are doing like the last superhero franchise to you know fill out this podcast now that we've done the x-men we've done dc done batman oh, we have done, done superman we've done dc for the most part we Sup- haven't done- superman's really the only 
And Superman's really all pre-2000, for yeah. the most part, except for one exception, and obviously the DCU. So, um... Does anybody really want to hear us talk about Superman 3, 4, and Returns? <laughs> that's what I'm saying, is that I feel like that's kind of a different thing. We can mention it, though. Point is, I just want to spend some time talking about how these all line up and what was happening in each franchise kind of going through here, because I think that would be really interesting, uh, especially now that we've gone through, like... When did this come out again? 2014. 20... 20, yeah, so now that we've gone up to that point and we've really gotten the full scope there, um, at least of the the beginning and rise of superhero movies, I think it'd be a really interesting view. So maybe maybe after Age of Ultron, we'll take some time, sit down and, and talk about that. But not as like an episode, but just spend, do a 20-minute segment, something like that. Huh. We'll see. I would like to do that. You duly noted. Put that on the record, people. So you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. On Twitter that we never use, at HCTsequels. You can find us on uh, YouTube and iTunes. Just search Here Come the Sequels. <laughs> and that's about it. You can expect real professionalism <laughs> from, from us here at Here Come the Sequels. I agree. <laughs> so next week we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy as Tyler just types away on that phone there oh that looks like a broke phone over there <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about should have shot it right between the eyes <laughs> so anyway yeah on my world, the broken phone means hope. <laughs> All right, well. Can we compile a list of the top ten jokes we just keep running into the ground? And by we, I mean me. No. <laughs> All right, everybody. Art is subjective. Nothing is real.